My goodness, it has been a while since I've done a podcast episode. I meant to do a podcast episode a long time ago. It is Tuesday, December the 15th. As I record this, it is 425 p.m. I just finished doing two therapy sessions today. I did a uh, little Instagram live lecture. And actually, I want to talk about that lecture. I want to talk about the topic of narcissism and the loss of the self. But before I go there, I wanted to kind of catch you up a little bit about what's going on with me um, and why I was absent. Absent, excuse me. Um, I contracted coronavirus and I have to tell you that it's the sickest I've ever been in my life. I'm still recovering from COVID. Um... I suspect that I probably got it from a neighbor. Um, And, you know, folks, COVID is something I know you all have seen in the news a million times, but COVID is not to be joked with. Um, I definitely got a moderate case of COVID, not a mild one. And um, I think if I hadn't worked in the medical field for as long as I have, prior to private practice, I think that I probably would have ended up in the hospital. I've learned so much from uh, ER nurses that I've worked with for many years. Um, And even then that potentially could have not prevented me from going to the hospital. But what I know about my body is that my knowledge of my own body, and again, learning as much as I have from nurses in the field and from physicians in the field, but especially nurses. Um, that's the reason why I think I wasn't hospitalized. I did a lot of self-care at home. So, um, if you hear me over time, kind of coughing or clearing my throat, it's because sometimes my lungs feel a little irritable. Um, With COVID, it's different per person. You don't know how long the symptoms are going to last, but I can tell you I am so much better than I was. Um, I had no energy. It was, it was pretty rough. So I'm just happy to be back. Um, I'm happy to be, you know, working and, you know, doing, you know, just what it is that I love to do, which is engaging with you um, and teaching you um, about the psychology um, of the narcissist. And um, of course, for you listening who are beginning to wonder if you're a narcissist, um, let me tell you, listening to this podcast will really give you a sense of where you're at. So if you haven't already listened to episode one and episode two, I highly recommend it, where I talk about my view of overt and covert narcissism. You're going to find a lot of different definitions about um, narcissism online. Um, that's because the how we understand narcissism and narcissistic traits, it is in flux, you know, uh, those of us who, who work with narcissists, I mean, um, it is something that is a work in progress. So, um, you know, it's, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not perfect. I laugh because I talk about perfectionism as a, as a narcissistic defense, but, (laughs) but, uh, um, anyway, so let's get right into it. Um, let's talk about narcissism and the loss of the self. So here's the thing. Um, narcissism is a lot more common than people realize. Um, I would say that probably most people struggle with narcissism. And I say that because I have yet to meet a single solitary person who didn't grow up with attachment wounds and these attachment wounds, um, 
you know, it's going to lead to narcissistic traits. And um, the way that we have narcissism defined right now um, in psychology, it's very limiting. Okay. Plus the term narcissism is so stigmatizing and that's why nobody for the most part wants to be associated with the term. Nonetheless, um, it's narcissism that will absolutely interfere, uh, with intimacy in your relationships. And so now again, back to narcissism and the loss of the self. Um, I want to talk about something that happens with, with most narcissists which is that when you were a child, at some point you realize that really being yourself was unacceptable to your parents or your primary caregivers or those around you as a child. And if you would have revealed exactly how you feel and how you think about something um, that is connected to your sense of self, your sense of identity, your sense of personality, that you would be socially rejected and that means you wouldn't get affection, you wouldn't get nurtured, you wouldn't have a sense of connection. Also, by the way, you also wouldn't um, really get your needs met, your basic needs met. Some of you know what I'm talking about when you grew up, you know, um, with family members that you kind of have to mimic how they are or you literally will not get your basic needs met. Okay. So in that sense, there is some blackmail involved, uh, even when you're a little one from your parents and primary caregivers and, and other family members. Okay. Because narcissism starts in the family. You know, people don't understand where narcissism comes from and it starts from attachment traumas, attachment wounds, the wounded inner child. Okay. So it's interesting how people talk about uh, personality disorders um, and for example, narcissistic personality disorder, borderline personality, all these personality disorders, right? Okay, but here's the thing. Why do you think that they are personality disorders? Well, in reality, let me make it, like let me make it really easy for you. The reason why they're personality disorders is because, not just because of the criteria that's met you know, uh, in the DSM, that's a, that's a book that we therapists use to diagnose patients and clients. What I believe without a doubt that the reason why people, um, why, why the diagnosis is personality disorder has everything to do with one's sense of identity, which is absolutely connected to one's personality. A lot of the times we see identity about like our job, things like that. But what if you lost your job? What if you are not quote productive, right? Um, then what are you? What's left? Well, what's left is your personality, the traits of you that make you intrinsically you. And, and that is truly your sense of self, your, your identity. So with personality disorders, um, essentially when, when I examine personality disorders, again, the, the, especially if they're narcissistic, the thing that where things really boil down to that are similar are again, those attachment traumas. And in particular, the feeling as a child that you are not safe to actually be yourself. Okay. And again, people wonder why as a narcissist, why, why would I as a narcissist or why would other narcissists, why would they have this propensity to lie to people? You know, um, why would they lie to themselves and lie to others? Well, 
It really all starts in childhood because um, one of the ways that this often plays out, okay, um, and this is truly in, it's inauthenticity. It's the opposite of authenticity, right? Because authenticity is the courage to be yourself. But when you're a child and your family members wouldn't accept really who you truly are, you essentially learn from a very young age that if you want affection, nurture, and connection and intimacy, you can't be yourself, which means if you can't be yourself, you are already lying to yourself from the time you are very little. And we're talking little, little, you learn very little, uh, or what you learn when you're very small, very little to lie to yourself and tell yourself that you are something that you're not in order to establish connection with your family members. Okay. And so for those of you listening, wondering, am I a narcissist? Do I struggle with narcissism? If this story sounds familiar to you, and if you feel like I'm not exactly sure who I am, I don't know what I am. Um, I feel like I'm kind of everything everyone expects me to be. I want you to know that you're very likely struggling with narcissism. Okay. It's just not a severe case like, um, you see on television or in videos or in anything else that you see. Okay. And it will interfere again in your intimate relationships. So when you're afraid of being yourself and you learn again at a very tender age to lie to yourself, this has a really huge impact on your morals. Um, because you're lying to yourself all the time about who you are to avoid conflict, you're then also lying to everybody all the time about how you really feel, what you really think, right? And this can come out in an overt narcissistic way or a covertly narcissistic way, okay? And so, but nonetheless, there is a lot, there is a safety issue there. Because as a narcissist, you are going to interact with people in a, basically in an insecure attachment style, which I've talked about before. Why do you think they're called insecure attachment styles? They're called insecure because the child felt insecure, not secure. Think about it. If you are growing up and you don't feel safe being who you are and exploring who you are, because it's different than the identity and the personality of your parents. Okay. If you if you, if that is not nurtured, if your sense of identity, sense of self was not nurtured, right. And accepted, accepted for who you are. Then that means being yourself is dangerous. I'm going to say that again, <laughs> being yourself is dangerous. Okay. See, I'm telling you, a lot of people think they know what narcissism is, but they don't. Okay. I just want you to think about the myriad of ways that that can play out. So many examples in society where people do not feel okay being themselves because not only, not only are people based on their identity, you know, rejected 
in culture, which I, we be, absolutely as human beings have a narcissistic culture and we have narcissistic cultures. I would say most human cultures, quite frankly, are quite narcissistic. Even some of the most, uh, what would seem on the surface, very connected and benign upon careful examination, you're going to see, um, aspects of one's culture where being oneself is taboo. For example, um, I was talking the other day, uh, to someone on Instagram and they are a sex worker. And, uh, there are those of you who are listening or even those of you, uh, who could you know, hear from a friend of a friend in this podcast, sex worker. Oh my gosh. That's like the most horrible thing in the world. And, um, but for me personally, I, I feel like if someone feels really great and really empowered being a sex worker, I say, go for it. You know, um, to me, that's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, but there are those who would shun, sex workers. There are those who would say very negative things about sex workers. Okay. This is what I mean when I say a culture of narcissism, right? So what if part of that person's identity is to be sexually expressive? And that just, it isn't just about, oh, it just makes you feel good. This really is a part of their creativity. What if that actually is a part of their personality? What if this is one of the ways that they express their personality? That's just one example. See, again, there, there are just a myriad of ways we can, you know, look at taboos, for example, taboos in a narcissistic culture. Are these taboos actually amoral? Or is it just a narcissistic, again, narcissistic culture that just rejects that person? All right. So often as a narcissist, what you're going to find is that you're really caught in a, you know, in a rock in a hard place. You're either, I'm either accepted by others and feel connection or I reject myself. I want you to know that there are people out there who will accept you for who you are. There really, really are. I, I know that seems like no way, but they really, really will. Now, if you already have friends that you're hanging out with and you've had quite a bit of connection, affection, intimacy, but you, there's still that party that's like, mm, I can't really let them know how I really think and I, how I really feel, then you're being inauthentic. If you tell yourself that, okay? And so back to insecure attachment. I'm often asked, you know, what is the objective of narcissism recovery? And there's a lot of objectives, but one of the greatest objectives is to essentially, and I sum this up on my website, to not allow others to violate your boundaries, as in you do not compulsively try to establish connection with people by allowing others to violate your boundaries. Okay. If you have a choice, right? You may not feel you have a choice, but you know, it's choice for a lot of you. It's a choice or to violate somebody's boundaries and you can do both at the same time. Okay. But in order to feel a sense of inner security where you're not violating somebody else's boundaries or allowing somebody to violate your boundaries as a narcissist, you are going to need to work towards feeling a sense of inner security. 
You see, you're not going to be able to get a sense of understanding yourself, your personality, your real personality and your identity until you feel safe. Now, why don't you feel safe? Like I said, childhood trauma, right? See, children, children get PTSD and then they grow up to be adults with PTSD. Okay. Because even in the world of the, the, the trauma therapy world, I have my disagreements because some of the criteria and some of, you know, I, I see videos with people that, um, who are well, well known within the field of psychology and the niche of trauma. And they say things like, oh, PTSD is actually kind of rare. Most people can cope with it. Um, that's not realistic because I see PTSD all over the place in society. And I see a lot of people in denial of it, which is so narcissistic. That's so typical, that sense of denial. So unfortunately within the field, there's a lot of narcissism and then we don't understand there's denial about the PTSD. Okay. Which again leads to society, not only the individual lying to oneself, but a whole society full of individuals lying to themselves about who they really are and lying to each other about who they really are. And then of course we wonder where corruption comes from. Okay. Because the question is, do we really want to accept each other for who we really are? Do we really want to? I want y'all to think about that. Do you really want to accept, do, do, or do we, or do we only want to accept people for what we would like them to be? Right. But we've got to get to a point where we can accept each other as we are. And that's hard to do. Okay. Um, so how do you regain the sense of self, right? Okay. This comes down to feeling again, a sense of inner security. So you're going to hear me talk a lot about, you know, EMDR, reprocessing traumas and other evidence-based practices where, um, the mind body connection and healing are occurring within the field of psychotherapy. Okay. Um, make no mistake. I am very much advocating for folks to go to therapy. Um, especially those of you listening who are struggling with narcissism. Okay. Because what a lot of you are going to do is intellectualize. You're going to go into the narcissistic defense of intellectualizing where you think if I read enough books and if I hear enough lectures and if I lift, <laughs> I got to laugh about this. If you listen to enough podcasts, that'll be what you need. You get the huge insight and then you heal. No, because healing comes from the heart, not the mind. The mind has a way in dissociation when we are traumatized of tricking the heart. The heart and the mind have a bit of a disconnect. And that happens in dissociation. And so healing is about healing the heart. That's the reason why if something feels stressful, your heart your heartbeat goes up, right? Cause it's scary. You feel a sense of insecurity. Okay. And again, I'm talking about the kind of insecurity that, that causes you to go into the flight mode or the freeze mode. Okay. So in order to begin to feel, to understand yourself, you need to be able to first feel safe. So I encourage you to, when you're exploring your sense of identity, to be in a place that feels safe, but to also get therapy so that you can feel that inner sense of security because 
traumas from your childhood. They will stack into your adulthood. And it will cause you to deflect from your true essence and your true nature to where you will not know really kind of who you are. You'll think you know who you are, and then you start thinking, well, you know, I really don't know who I am. You know? So giving yourself permission to be yourself is hard to do when, first of all, you live in a narcissistic culture, a narcissistic society, and um, it's true, that's the way things are, but it doesn't have to be that way. But again, the work that I do and what I teach is very much work that you need to do individually. So again, the, the goal here is to feel a sense of safety so that you can explore your identity. And sometimes conflicts with people can really help you get a sense of your identity too. So if you're too afraid um, in that conflict to truly check in with yourself and really see how you feel about something, what you like, what you don't like, what makes you feel good, what doesn't make you feel good. Um, so in other words, you can use conflict to understand yourself. Okay, actually. Or you can kind of be by yourself and explore stuff on your own. And you could do both. You could do both. But again, when it comes to that interpersonal conflict, right? You're going to find that until you recover, you're going to act in an inauthentic way and know that it's not simply because you're amoral. Again, although you may do very immoral things as a narcissist, of course. Okay. But I need you to know that you're doing it because from the time you were little, you were very likely lying to yourself and others in order to feel temporary safety. But that's not really a true grounded sense of safety within okay so that's my podcast episode for today episode number three and i just before before i actually go i want to tell you um i'm very happy that donald trump did not get reelected, though uh i am and uh, I think I said this on episode one or two about me identifying, of course, the Democratic Socialist. So I don't agree with uh, Donald Trump's um, policies. Um, and I'm pleased to hear that Joe Biden won and that, you know, Kamala Harris is also going to be the vice president of the United States of America. As I am here uh, recording this, this is the day that I believe the Electoral College um you know, tallied up their numbers, or I think it was yesterday, something like that, yesterday and today. Um, and um, I'm pleased to hear all that. So I'm really glad about that. Um, in other news, in January, on January, the probably January the 4th, we'll see. <laughs> I am going to be sharing information on Instagram and in all my social media platforms about starting a um, support group for narcissists, right? So this is not psychotherapy, but this is a support group, okay? Um, I'll facilitate it. It is a psychoeducational support group. So you're going to learn a lot about narcissism as you learn now, but in a much more intimate setting. It's going to be online, okay? And you'll hear more about that, like I said, in January, leading up to January the 4th. 
And um, let's see what else. I also, uh, in the next couple of days, on the 17th of December, uh, enrollment period will be closed, but I am currently in open enrollment for the uh, Racism Recovery Program. And you can learn, uh, you know, uh, more about that if you are part of the mailing list. But if you're not part of the mailing list, it's not going to so much apply. Um, let's see what else. If there's anything else I need to catch up, catch you up with. And that's pretty much it. Um, that's what I wanted to tell you today. I hope that you learned a lot about narcissism and the loss of the self. Um, to learn more about my work, uh, go to www.narcissimrecoverycenter.com. I offer three levels of support. The first level of support is psychotherapy, where you're getting emotional support with me and we're treating your narcissism. Uh, you can also get educational support. Uh, by becoming a member of Patreon. I actually do live video lectures on Instagram and I download them and I upload them to Patreon. And those lectures range usually anywhere from 20 minutes to believe it or not, an hour and a half. Um, there, some of them can be quite long lectures. So I've got that available to you. Um, and the third level of support are my programs. So um, you, again, you will hear more about, uh, upcoming narcissism programs, uh, between now and January. So thanks so much for listening. It's good to be back. And I look forward to returning to doing weekly podcasts as I had scheduled to do to talk more about narcissism. All right. Take care y'all.